what you do in a B-movie. The end is a little bit ridiculous. I was unsurprised to see that. And it's sweet! Oh my gosh, you guys need to go watch it. It's so good. It's so good. I want to watch it again. Hello, weary internet travelers, and welcome once again to the Before and After Show. Um, This week's an in-between show, uh, because next week you'll be hearing a bit of a roundtable between myself and the four other guys you hear on this show. Um, This is a part that I was originally going to cut out from next week's episode, because there's a, a lot of before that happens, because there's five people talking about their expectations for next week's movie. So... Um, this is the what we watched this week section of it. I think it's really cool. There's some great discussion about uh, limitations as a director, as well as some talk about Neil Blomkamp's upcoming Aliens movie, and uh, just kind of a hodgepodge of things we like and we're into. There's some flash talk in there, and uh, sort of the state of of movie making. There's there's a lot of topics in here, so I hope you enjoy um, myself. And the four guys you hear on here, Mike Moray, returning guest, Matthew Moray, his brother, and the other part of the duo responsible for the Precinct movie, and uh, Slade Oren, who you will recognize as one of the stars of the the Precinct Retribution, um, and Robert Mayo. Uh, They are are on this week, they'll be on next week, and they'll be on the week after. So I hope you enjoy, and uh, I will talk to you guys after this. watch anything this week Slade um not too much just mostly TV I've been watching uh we've been marathoning Brooklyn Nine-Nine if you guys are a fan of that show mm-hmm. um it's pretty great this is uh it's kind of like um precinct the TV show that's exactly <laughs> how I described it two episodes ago yeah it's just a bunch of goofy nonsense yeah and it's uh pretty fun so yep. I've just been watching that but, yep and if you guys haven't checked out the precinct retribution yet I will link to it in this podcast because we have uh, four of the five people here were involved in some way (laughs) in the making of the Precinct Retribution. So uh, Matthew and Michael both uh, wrote and directed the the movie. So you guys should check it out. Uh, Matthew, did you watch anything this week? Uh, Not really. Uh, A couple weeks ago I started watching Police Squad on YouTube. Oh! Police Squad is, uh, I think, an 80s TV show. It was only like six episodes. Yeah. It was uh, before... Naked Gun, which uh, Leslie Nielsen starred in. It's a really good cop parody. Uh, it's like dry pun kind of uh, comedy. Visual uh, gags. Bad visual gags. How is that in comparison to the Naked Gun movies? Is it very similar? It's, it's very similar. Uh, there's actually a lot of jokes I think are carried over from Naked Gun or from uh, Police Squad to Naked Gun. Okay. But it, it holds up. It's, it's really good. Okay. I need to watch that. I'm super fascinated by that because there's no way yeah. a six episode series could get turned into three movies nowadays. <laughs> so Yeah. No, you have to appreciate also like have you seen some of the gags in that? I've seen... I saw the one where they do, like, the cop freeze frame at the end. Yes. And then, like, the perp, like, just... 
is like, what? And just runs away? Like, he just, like, uncuffs himself and runs away, and it's hilarious. Like, I thought that was such a good joke. Yeah. And I was like, man, that's such such an obvious joke. It's amazing that they found it, almost, because of how, like, it it was just sitting there. It was, like... The best kind of low-hanging fruit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like. I saw that. It's only stuff that I've seen so far, so I haven't seen it. Like man, yeah. So it. every episode has like that ends kind of the same way, where they have a freeze frame, and then something. But they, happens. all the actors just like holding their position while like other stuff goes on in the backgrounds. Just like crazy stuff happens. Yeah, That's awesome. it's great. I wish that we had come up with something yeah. like yeah, that. Yeah, to be honest with you, was that Zucker Brothers? Yeah. Or? Okay. Yeah. So some people made airplane. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which I mean, some of the best visual yeah. humor of all time in that movie. Yeah. So good. I mean, Matthew and I and, and Slade too. We all kind of took some cues from that, but but we were talking yesterday. Like, I need to go and watch that so I can go and kind of for the next movie whenever we have it, kind of get refreshed a little mm-hmm. bit and get some ideas rolling, like ways to go and subvert some tropes and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, yeah, because they were way ahead of their time. They were still way better than everybody else when it comes to that kind of humor. You know, like the scary movies and all those types of guys. Like they have not come anywhere close to capturing. Yeah, just that. really clever. Yeah, yeah. you know, and, not. Not in, a, in an intelligent way, in a yeah. t- an intelligent, stupid way. Kind yeah, of. and not Very like in a way where it's like you had to understand the reference and that's the entirety of the joke, but like in terms of like the joke itself is well constructed and well said. It's not like, oh, they're making fun of that scene from remember the Spartans and 300 and now I get it. It's funny. No, it's like the joke itself is really funny. Mm-hmm. Did you guys see the scary movie that the Zucker Brothers did? Mm, was it the third one? I yeah. Think? yeah, yeah, that, that one's one. really funny. Yeah, exactly, because it's a Zucker Brothers movie. Yeah, exactly. I really like that movie, actually. Yeah, um, I saw parts of it. I don't remember most of it. Though. Yeah, it's a it's a signs parody starring Charlie Sheen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'd watch that. Yeah, Mike, did you watch anything this week? No, unfortunately not. Okay. Did you have you been listening to anything or watching anything? Or? Honestly, the last couple of weeks of my life have been fairly boring. Okay, <laughs> I hate to say it. yeah. Uh, how about you, Mayo? Uh, I haven't been watching too much. Uh, I, some TV shows, and then actually, I've been just kind of browsing on Netflix because I'm avoiding any new releases until uh, basically Period Seven comes out. So I watched Groundhog Day the other day. I've oh, never, never seen it. I've never seen that all the way through either. Yeah, oh, and man, I didn't that's a like. I knew what the premise was as far as reliving the same day over and over, but I didn't realize how small scale it was. You yeah, know, it's just like this three people. <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah. it's the main cast, and it's just. I don't, there's the movie ranged all over the place. Like there's like dark times and like goofy times and like <laughs> it's yeah. really really interesting. It's a really interesting take on uh, time travel, I guess. Huh? Did you like it? Yeah, overall, it kind of ended weird, but like abruptly. But uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, one of the only things I remember about that movie, I saw that movie years ago, and I don't think I finished it. The, does the gopher or does the groundhog drive a car at some point? Yeah. Oh, he's driving it. He yeah. has it in his lap. And it's yeah, like yeah. Oh, okay. It seems like yeah. Okay. It's it just, like, he's just being like a goofball. Like, let's go. Yeah, okay. In yeah. my brain, it's like Toons is the cat yeah. who could drive a car no. from <laughs> SNL. Kind of. Okay. Yeah. What are you going to say, Mike? Oh, I was just going to say, like, like a lot of those kind of time travel, we're living the same day over and over again movies, they kind of end at an arbitrary point. Like, so I can kind of see why you feel like that happened there, too, because I feel like Edge of Tomorrow, 
mm-hmm. slash look die repeat. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> like it kind of, it kind of was like okay, they just arbitrarily decided to go in the movie now. Yeah, I, but I mean, I feel like you're still good. Yeah, I feel like you have to. Yeah, kind of like it's sort of just the trap of doing a movie like that. Yeah, is you just where do you end it? Right. You know, it's kind of like if you listen to music and like a song is really repetitive, you're like, well, where are they going to end this? Yeah. Usually, a song will evolve, but um, you know, it, it's also. I think it's a really cool challenge as, like, a filmmaker to be like, okay, well, I'm limiting myself to this. And, like, to make that interesting is really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah. you know, Groundhog Day does it. That's, like, one of the first movies to ever do that. Yeah. Too, which yeah. is really cool. Really inventive. I love that movie. It's one of my favorite. Bill Murray's fantastic in that movie. Yeah. And Andy just... McDowell, too, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. Yep. Steven Tobolowsky yeah. is in it. It's just really, really well done and hilarious. Like when he just starts killing himself over and over. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of dark. But, yeah, it's dark, yeah. but it's really funny. But I, I like the fact that that movie can go in range so much in terms of like the tones that it has, and, and still make it work. Because that to me is a, a sign that the writers really knew, like they grasp the characters in the situation, and it makes the light mo- moments better because you accentuate it with dark moments, and it makes yeah. the dark moments more meaningful too. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think Edge of Tomorrow, again, because yeah. it's like the only other movie that I can think of that does yeah. that. I think Edge of Tomorrow did that really well, too. Yeah. Like, there's, you know, a bunch of, like, super goofy stuff when he's training and, like, mm-hmm. you know, Paxton is being all Paxton-y and, like, the group he's with are kind of, like, ragtag and they're super goofy. Yeah. And then it gets, like, kind of dark with, like, when he starts doing the, like, solo stuff where, like, he starts going off by himself and doing stuff with Emily Blunt's character. Like, that gets kind of dark because, like... She keeps dying over and over, and he knows it. Like, yeah, and he knows that she doesn't know. She has no idea. So, like, he's just like sad, and he's really good at that of just like being like, "Oh, well, I'm trying to figure this out. Okay, I figured this out. Now I'm sad about it because everyone just keeps dying over and over mm-hmm. again." Yeah, it's a really interesting transformation, like in his character that I liked in that movie, and Bill Murray was also good in Groundhog yeah. Day, and I don't like in those kind of movies because there's not like a ton of those live the same day over and over again kind of movies I don't think I kind of liken them to movies where it's like takes place in one location mm-hmm. like yeah. do you remember like Phone Booth Phone Booth yeah I, I really like just, I, I really like that movie that. too it's, yeah it's I actually way better really, than it should be yeah, yeah. Like, yeah I like those kind of movies that like are in one place and like you would think that they're really repetitive but it turns out they've actually managed to go and like unfurl two hours worth of content out of one place or one premise one day of one guy's life yeah. like yeah. that's really well, awesome like, um, yeah super interesting yeah. phone booth takes place in real time like yeah. it's yeah. like just 90 minutes straight through yeah, yeah. and yeah. like it's, and it really it's just Kiefer Sutherland on the phone with Colin Farrell like that's it <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> have you seen that movie no, I haven't it, it's I really, really like that movie I recommend it yeah. Yeah. you really get to know I don't know you just really get to like uh, relate to the character yeah yeah Nick of Time is a movie that does that as well. Um, have you seen that? No. It's a uh, I want to say Christopher Walken and Johnny Depp. Mm-hmm. It's an early '90s movie and like ridiculous cast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so normal people. <laughs> yeah, um, but like Johnny Depp gets a phone call that's like, "Hey, I'm gonna kill your son in an hour and a half," and then the movie takes place over an hour and a half, oh. and it's just like him trying to save his son. Yeah, basically. That's cool. Yeah. I think John Q did that too, right? Or does that take place over multiple days? Uh, yeah, I think... Yeah, I haven't seen that movie either. Yeah, it's been a long time since I've seen yeah. that one. But I like Nick of Time too. It's like an early 90s movie, so mm-hmm. before Johnny Depp got all Johnny Deppy, um, Christopher Walken's still all Christopher yeah. Walken. But we love him for it, so it's yeah. fine. Uh, but yeah, Nick of Time's a... Man, that's a good movie too. 
Yeah. I guess I like that. <laughs> that yeah, I, uh, that's like one of my things. I just like that kind of movie because I think you have to be a really good writer to mm-hmm. make that work. Yeah. And I feel like it's an, like I said, it's an interesting challenge. And I feel like that's why people write those movies. Yeah. Where they're just like, okay, well, I'm going to limit myself to mm-hmm. this. And I think like, I think that has a lot to do with, with the popularity of Twitter amongst like stand-up comedians. Cause yeah. you only get 140 characters. Yeah. So like you really, really have to crystallize yeah. what you're saying and just boil everything down. And yeah. like, it's like the movie equivalent of Twitter yeah. where it's like you really have to get your point across in like six minutes, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that just goes and shows that limitations can be good things. Uh, I mean, I think that yeah, when it comes to making like our short films, for example, yeah. I mean, I wish we had a bigger budget, but, right. but sometimes like the limitations actually like lot interesting things that we could do because they were the only things that we could do. Yeah. They force you to think outside the box. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to think really hard about like whether or not you're even going to commit to doing this scene because it's going to be a lot of work and we don't have a lot of time or money to do it with. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin Smith talks about that a lot like because he he's on this kick now where he like you know this is a way bigger budget than we've ever had for anything we've done but like he tries to get his movies under three million dollars now. That's his whole deal. Is he's mm-hmm. like, if I can make it cost less than three million dollars, let me do whatever I want. Yeah. Um, and like in the, his movie Red State, he was going to have like uh, he's going to have one of the characters that gets sacrificed essentially in that movie. They were going to put like a like a goat's head on him, and like it was going to be almost like a satanic ritual. But they didn't have the budget to build the goat's head. Like, it would have been all of their effects budget to build the one goat's head. <laughs> so they were like, well, what if we just saran wrap his head? And he was like, that's way creepier. And, like, it's way more creepy than he had imagined it when he had written it. So he was like, that budgetary limitation helped me think outside the box and rather go yeah. for something, like, kind of obvious. Mm. He went for something crazy and, like, it's way more off-putting because it's not yeah. what you think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... I think I think obviously like a good director can make something good with a lot of money or whatever. Mm-hmm. But but I mean you can go talk about George Lucas for example. Yeah. Somebody who when he had limitations on him in a lot of ways he was better off. And then when he had pretty much his toy box to himself, that's when he kind of got worse because there was no one to tell him no. There was no money to really consider and think. Well, maybe we shouldn't do this scene. And that's what kind of Are you talking about straight. Interstellar? Or? Oh, no, I'm talking about George Lucas. No, I know. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly the vibe I got from Interstellar. No one can just do what he wants. Yeah, I kind of do think that it's a little bit like Nolan. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's, yeah that was yeah. the joke. Yeah. Did you watch anything else, man? Oh, just TV. So kind of on the time travel kick uh, with The Flash. I don't know if any of you guys have been watching comic book show The Flash but it's probably a couple episodes. it's probably the best comic book show on TV right yeah, now yeah honestly it's not that bad I mean I'm not really into comic book characters yeah but... and it's only getting better every week and they just introduced him getting fast enough to travel through time so it's, oh, that's awesome. it's pretty sweet sweet that's I don't, don't want to say anymore yeah we Flash. talked about this a little bit this morning but I really like that they're doing Gorilla Grodd oh that's cool yeah like that's super ballsy I think because yeah. like that's super fan a talking gorilla yeah that's a little weird that amasses a monkey army like yeah that's a little weird yeah for t- normal TV yeah, yeah I like that yeah. though I think that's cool yeah that's sweet and all the effects on that show are like movie quality budget it's it's pretty good yeah I have noticed from what I've seen which is very little that they seem to have a really decent production budget and like you can see it on screen yeah which it helps really a nice. lot yeah yeah 
Which is crazy because like it's on the CW. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it's weird when a CW show looks a lot better than most network television. Yeah. Yeah. Or like yeah. movies. Like, <laughs> or, or movies. Yeah. yeah. Like movies have no excuse to look like crap on their CGI anymore. Yeah, they just they, don't. They it's unforgivable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It ruins the whole thing. Like, yeah. It just takes you out of it. Like, well, and like uh, District 9 had incredible effects. Like those looked amazing. Yeah. It did. Like there was crazy lighting in that movie. Yeah. I still think about lighting in that movie. Well, I think once again that was a movie that benefited from its limitations though. Yeah. You know? Um that like they realized what they had to do in that area in that s- small set and they made those kind of character interactions work a particular way because they didn't want to go and have thousands of aliens on screen. They only yeah. want to have a couple. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's true too and it worked to their benefit because like you see those CGI aliens in the middle of the day, yeah. that never happens with all CGI creatures. Mm, they usually yeah, hide them yeah. in the dark to like because yeah. yeah. they look like crap if they're lit <laughs> yeah, in yeah. any way possible. Yeah. Well, has anyone seen Chappie? Like, it looks like that's kind of a return to that director's roots. Yeah, yeah. As far as bringing the scale back a little bit. And... Yeah, I haven't seen it either, but yeah. the effects on Chappie look really good. I wasn't the biggest fan of District Nine, so I haven't yeah. seen his other movies. I mean, I, I like thought it was interesting, but mm. it was at least different. I just didn't really feel the story direction though. I really like District Nine. I could not stand Elysium. So like Chappie's the make it or break it movie with this guy for me. <laughs> yeah. Where it's like, okay, this one's like one of my favorite sci-fi movies that I've seen in the last like decade, and this one is one of the worst sci-fi movies I've seen in the last <laughs> decade. So and even if Chappie lands kinda somewhere in the middle, I just don't want it to be Elysium again for me. <laughs> yeah. Even if it lands somewhere in the middle, I'll be like, okay. Mm-hmm. Plus that guy's doing the next Aliens movie. Yeah. And uh, Michael yeah. Bain confirmed that he's coming back as Hicks, which I'm super stoked because <laughs> I love Michael Bain. Well, basically, what I heard was that the next one's going to disregard Alien 3 and 4. Yeah. And so it's going to be kind of a Superman Returns thing where it yeah. disregards 3 and 4 on that one. Um, that's what's not your a feeling problem. on that? Like, I don't think that's a problem because 3 and 4 are not good. I agree with that. That's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Two uh, arguably isn't that good, but two has really good action in it. Yeah, yeah. it's a two, good movie. Two's it's a good, good, good movie. But it's not as good, but it's as not as good as one. Like one's a classic. Yeah. Uh, two is also a classic. Yeah, I think it's a classic. really good '80s action movie. Yeah, totally. But it dates itself a lot more mm-hmm. than Die Hard. Like Die Hard's timeless. Yeah, mm-hmm. because it's the best action movie ever made. Ever made. But arguable. <laughs> Terminator 2. Yeah. Yes. Um, but <laughs> Aliens is like a really good of that era yeah. action movie. I it just plays that. weird now. Well, so. I was just wondering like what, what you all think of the idea where you have like a direction for a story that is basically based off a story 25 years ago. Like, do you think that's good storytelling to go and like that's good for the audience to go and basically be like, oh yeah, we've had a 30 year break. Now we're going to go and resume yeah. this story and disregard other stories is that weird? Is it sound like it's like a fanboy fan fiction kind of thing? Because that's kind of what Superman Returns was, is that the guy really liked the first two Supermans. And then he kind of want to make a sequel to that movie. And then it turned out to be pretty crappy. Well, that's just because the movie was bad. Yeah. But, I don't know. I mean, it depends. It depends what it is. Yeah. It depends on if it's good. Yeah. yeah. That, I mean, yeah, ultimately. But it depends what it is. I mean, you can do that with something like Alien. 
yeah. you know, because there's an understanding, cultural acceptance of alien and aliens in those movies. You know, people know what that is. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't do that with something that's like obscure. Yeah, yeah. random. Like, but they did it with Tron. I feel like Tron was super obscure. Yeah, Tron like, was yeah. obscure. You know, that movie. That was, was a straight sequel, though. It was a straight sequel. So that's yeah. true. Well, but it's kind of the same thing in terms of like it picks back up something that like most people yeah. don't even remember. Probably. Yeah, like most people our generation probably don't know the plots of Aliens One and a- yeah, Aliens. Yeah, that's true. That's so. True. Uh, yeah, it's just interesting that they were willing to go and do that. Yeah, well, I my hope as you know a lover of film is that it's going to force people to go back and rewatch those mm-hmm. um, because like they, they I true. mean they're not really like picking it up because like Prometheus was a prequel to Alien. Yeah, kind of. I mean, it was super tacked on, but mm-hmm. it was a prequel to Alien. So I'm hoping people like picked up Alien and Aliens after that. Yeah, even. Um, and like Alien versus Predator has been a thing. Um, those that's movies true. have been yeah. around. Like yeah. that's a franchise that's been around a lot more than Tron. I feel yeah. like Tron, like yeah, had totally forgotten. Yeah, until the new one came out. Yeah, yeah, totally forgot. And like I didn't watch Tron until the year the new one was coming mm-hmm. out. Yeah. I still haven't seen it. <laughs> the, Tron the Legacy. Old, yeah, the, no, the old one. Oh, the old yeah. one's awesome. Yeah. I love it's, that it's movie. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. Have you seen it? It's nostalgically good yeah. for me. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I really liked that movie. I, I just kind of wonder why they didn't just reboot Tron in some ways. <laughs> yeah. Like, it was kind of weird that they yeah. decided to go and do that. I mean, ballsy. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. It's better. I'd rather have a sequel than a reboot. Yeah, you know, I would too. And it's like, I think part of it is this rebooting all these old franchises or doing like random sequels to old movies or you see this is getting tiresome it's tiresome it's just kind of like this is more of the same which is all we have is just more of the same mm-hmm. like any movie that comes out is a sequel yep or a remake or yeah. an adaptation or, or an adaptation or like a comic book movie mm. that's like all the movies coming out yeah, yeah. or like, sometimes all three <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah definitely yeah. and i like um avengers and comic book movies and all that sort of stuff and i like ridiculous action movies obviously mm-hmm. but it's just kind of like wears on you it just becomes more mm-hmm. junk yeah mm-hmm. yeah i think that's i think there's this weird gap in movies right now because it's like these gigantic budget multi-million dollar franchises mm-hmm. and these weird little indie movies that are going straight to vod yeah and there's yeah, nothing, nothing in between, between. Yeah. there's nothing in between yeah it's either like made for six dollars or made for six hundred million dollars and mm-hmm. that's it yeah Made for $600 million and is usually featuring a dude in tights. Yeah. You know, like, almost exclusively. Yeah, yeah. or, like, made for, money. like, yeah. 60 bucks and, yeah, and made for, like, 60 bucks and featuring quirky people. Yeah. That, that's it. Those are the two extremes we're at right now. Or a horror movie that yeah. was made for, like, 60 bucks. Yeah, I Which definitely... I think, like, is why we're seeing better horror movies in the last couple of years, too, because it's just forcing people, like, those are the two areas you go into. Mm-hmm. And So if you want to be somewhat creative or somewhat yeah. cheap, yeah. do a horror movie. And people were tired of shaky cam horror movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah, Terrible. people really fell out of love with uh, the found footage thing. So they were like, okay, maybe maybe it's time to revisit what worked before. <laughs> <laughs> well, so now that we're done talking about tired sequels to to, to make a million dollar franchises. franchises let's talk about the second <laughs> one yeah <laughs> um, it's different though it is. is like different yeah, it is different um well first off uh i've been watching last man on earth 
Mm-hmm. Oh, how is that? It's hilarious, it you guys. Kind of, I wanted to watch it. it I don't know how you guys feel about what's that. Uh, it's the show with Will Forte. Mm-hmm. Have you not heard of it? No. So Will Forte is the last man on earth, and he's got like a crazy rat's nest beard and a crazy rat's nest hair. But it's from uh, Phil Lord and Christopher Miller. Oh, okay, cool. I like those guys. And uh, so there are three episodes in. Uh, the first episode is actually a double episode. Um, so they're, I guess. I've watched the double episode and the one after, and uh, I really like it. Like, uh, I wish they would have spent the double episode with him on his own uh, a little bit more because he finds like a woman mm-hmm. at the like kind of near the end of the, the first half of the double episode. Yeah. But um, that's not a spoiler; it's in the commercials now. So, yeah. Um, that's when I saw that. When I saw that he like finds another person, I was kind of sad. Yeah, you know, because I was just like, it looked really interesting. And I like that premise. Yeah, but the fact that he find another person, it was just like, oh, yeah, I had that too. Because I was like, how long are they going to be able right? to make that? That's last. what I want to see. I want to see how long it can just be one person <laughs> and like, doing ridiculous things. Redoing ridiculous things <laughs> yeah. is the best part. Like anything with him solo is way better than him interacting with other people because he just like. It opens with him, like, going to every state and, like, checking off, like, okay, there's no people here, there's no people here, there's no people here. And he goes back to his hometown of Tucson, Arizona, and, uh, he walks into his apartment, and he's like, and he just, like, busts through the gate of the richest part of town, and, like, moves into a mansion, (laughs) and they show him, like, dragging in, like, the presidential rug that's, like, the seal, like, and he's just, like, hanging up all these priceless paintings all over the walls, and, like, he's just, like, wearing a Michael Jordan jersey that he stole, and doing just the most ridiculous stuff. He, like, builds this giant-ass Jenga tower in his foyer, he's just, like, gluing Jenga sets on top of Jenga sets, uh, and then he just, like, knocks it down with a baseball bat, um... There's my favorite joke in the whole first episode was him watching Castaway and being like, "No, they got it all right." Who would talk to a ball? And then it just says six months later, and he walks into a bar. He goes, "Hey guys, how's it going? Anyone want a shot of whiskey?" Bob, Terry, Jeff, and it's just all these balls. <laughs> like it's like eighteen balls, and he names every single one of them. And he's offering them shots of whiskey, and he's like, it, you know, he'll say something like, "Mike, huh? Oh, the wife won't let you. I understand. Like he's just created this like uh, ball society that, that it, or his friends now, and like, um, he goes to kill himself, and he's like, uh, he like eulogizes himself. He goes, oh, also. Huge apology to the makers of Castaway. They totally got it right. It was. It's just like that Lord and Miller like yeah style of humor, which mm-hmm. I really like. And like Will Forte, I could take him or leave him, but he's yeah. hilarious on the show. So I, I really like the show. I don't know. I think it's worth watching. Mm, it's, okay. He's he's really funny on it. Um, but then they ruined it by introducing another person. Yeah, right. <laughs> they didn't like ruin it. It's still funny. Mm-hmm. But it's not as funny as you a movie. had to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to. It's. I'm point. always disappointed though when like a movie starts off like that, and then like midway through they abandon that premise. Like well, I am, I am legend. legend. <laughs> yeah, you know, Wally kind of. Like you kind of knew he was going to interact with people at some point. Yeah. But like the part that was more compelling about almost all those movies was the point where he was by himself. Yeah, because that doesn't happen. Yeah, and that's like uh, I think I talked about this on the podcast a few weeks ago. Maybe I talked about it off mic with someone. 
the first episode of the Twilight Zone. Mm-hmm. It's just a dude in a town yeah, we, by we himself. Oh, that's right. Did we yeah, talk about we it? Talked okay. About it, yeah. Okay. Um, it's just a dude alone in a town. And, like, that's the first episode of a TV show that ended up running, like, 15 years or something crazy, or, like, 13. <laughs> um, and that's, like, you wouldn't get away with that now. No. At all. Yeah. People get too bored too easily, so... And, like, the twist at the end is that they repeat them. And it was, like, a military experiment. Like, that's yeah, the big twist at the end. Yeah, now, yeah. And, like, that show, that episode is amazing. That's really That's good. one of the best episodes of that whole show. Mm-hmm. And it's the first episode. So, I mean, it can be done, obviously, but people aren't willing to risk it. Yeah, commit. Yeah. Is, is the problem. I don't know. All right, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that. Um, as always, you can contact the show before and after show at gmail.com. At before n after pod on Twitter. That's at before the letter n after pod on Twitter. Um, I will see you guys next week with a movie that you guys probably would not expect from the show, but we hint at it a little bit in this show. So if you listened carefully, you should know um, what we'll be discussing next week. So until next time, go watch something. <laughs>